This is The Guardian. Today, why some teachers in Florida are taking rainbow badges off their bags and wondering if they can tell their students that they're in same-sex relationships. The Republican Party's Don't Say Gay Bill. Before we start, a heads up. This episode contains references to bullying and suicidal thoughts. The US in the mid-1980s was a really difficult place to be a gay kid. I grew up in a very religious family. And so my entire junior high and high school experience was pretty much every day one of fear, wondering if someone was going to find out the secret about me. I was completely closeted until I went to college. Clinton McCracken remembers those days. He barely survived them. There was the abuse from the kids, but also the silence from the teachers. I was beaten for being gay pretty much every day during every class change. Someone was calling me the F word in the hall. Oftentimes, teachers hearing it and saying nothing about it because, quote, boys will be boys. This was the only way that being anything other than straight was acknowledged. In swear words, punches. Clinton never met a single out gay person, never discussed it with anyone his entire time at school. We read now about these statistics of suicide ideation among LGBTQ youth. And that was me. And I barely made it through. So it's, it's a very real thing to say that our LGBTQ youth need to be protected because you don't know what they're dealing with with their family. So if nothing else, we need to be providing a safe place in our schools where they can feel comfortable to be themselves. Three decades on, Clinton is a teacher, determined to make sure kids in his classroom, gay, straight, trans, whatever, feel safe at school. That seems hard to argue with, but in the US, there's a backlash building. Uh, in the state of Florida, uh, we are not going to allow them to inject transgenderism into kindergarten. Conservative politicians, with their eyes on this November's midterm elections and presidential elections in a few years' time, are trying to severely restrict how much school kids can be told about gender, sexuality, the facts of the society around them. We need to be focusing on teaching kids to read and to write and math and science, and they understand that our rights come from God, not from government. With school districts liable to huge lawsuits if they don't comply, this law is forcing many teachers into a dilemma about what they can and can't say to their students. For other teachers, the new laws present no dilemma at all. I don't plan on changing a single thing about what I'm doing. I am going to continue to do the right thing, and that's creating a safe space for all kids. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, Florida's Don't Say Gay Law. 
and the spread of anti-LGBTQ legislation across America. Michael Sainato, you're based in Gainesville, Florida, and you've been covering what's officially called the Parental Rights in Education Act, but it's come to be known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Tell me about this law. What the bill does is it prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in grades kindergarten through third grade, but it also encompasses all of public education as it prohibits instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity that is not deemed age appropriate for students. It also requires school districts to notify parents if there's any changes regarding a child's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. And that part of the bill has been interpreted by opponents of this legislation as being an outing bill. Wow, okay. So it bans any kind of discussion of sexual orientation or gender that's deemed inappropriate, as well as potentially forcing schools to out kids to their parents. Where did this come from? Who signed this into law? What inspired this bill in part was a lawsuit filed by a parent in Tallahassee who claimed in the lawsuit that their child's school district and teacher excluded them from a conversation about their child's gender identity. My daughter told me after school she had a meeting with school officials that was held behind closed doors where they asked her which restroom she wanted to use. This created a huge wedge between our daughter and us because it sent the message that she needed to be protected from us, not by us. But a local newspaper, the Tallahassee Democrat, they acquired emails through a public records request between the mother and the teacher, and the mother worked with the teacher on how to best navigate the situation. As she writes, whatever you think is best for the child, she can handle it herself. This gender situation has thrown us for a loop. I sincerely appreciate your support. I'm going to let her take the lead on this. This lawsuit was picked up by Florida Republicans who used it as supportive evidence for pushing this bill and crafting this legislation. And the Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, has really leaned into arguing that this is about parent rights. And so in Florida, we will make sure that parents can send their kids to school to get an education, not an indoctrination. Clinton, in your terrible experience at school, you found a refuge in your art class. Why was that? It just happened to be something that I was pretty good at. And in the rest of life, I didn't feel good at anything. It was generally quiet. (laughs) No one's calling me names. And I feel fortunate that I had an amazing art teacher. Tell me about that art teacher. That art teacher gave me the space to be me. I wasn't out at all, but I'm sure she knew. And I'm certain that she knew how life was for me in school. She created a safe space. We didn't call it that then. We didn't have the rainbow stickers on the door. But I knew that when I got to Mrs. Smith's class, that it was safe in there. And that she wouldn't tolerate anybody calling me names. What did she she do in that class? Like, you said that 
she never explicitly said to you, Clinton, I know who you are and it's safe to be that here. But how did she create that environment for you? She was the kind of person who just exuded genuine love and acceptance. Her smile was real and it didn't matter if you were the quiet kid or rambunctious or super talented or not. Everyone just felt like they belonged in that room. And when people were calling me names or shoving me to the ground or leaving notes on my locker, there's the F word, I didn't feel like I had any place that was safe for me. And that art room was pretty much the only place that was, including my home. And now you're an art teacher. Is that experience why? That experience and then some very supportive people in college is why I'm an art teacher, because I love art. I love teaching kids how to paint and draw. It's an amazing subject to be able to work with. But I also really, more than anything, am committed to making sure as much as it's in my power that students won't have to experience what I experienced. I have the ability to be what she was for me. I can do that for other students. And that's why this whole topic with DeSantis and Don't Say Gay is so upsetting because it basically tries to take that ability away. This bill was signed into law on March 28th this year, and it comes into effect in July. Michael, you've been out speaking with Florida teachers. What are they telling you about how this bill might affect them and their classrooms? Teachers are very scared. This bill has already had implications. Just a couple weeks ago, there was an art teacher in southwest Florida who lost her job all because a student asked her about her sexuality. A lot of the kids came out to me like, oh, well, I'm non-binary. And a couple kids said, oh, well, I'm bi. One kid said they're gay. She claims students wondered about her. And she told the truth. She says, I am pansexual, which means I'm attracted to all sexes. And that developed into students who identify as LGBTQ, exploring their identities through artwork and apparently some teachers complained about that art class and she was fired. So a lot of teachers are very concerned that they can't be themselves. One thing that strikes me about this bill as you've described it is how vague the language is. I mean, is that scaring teachers that they're not even quite sure what is allowed and not allowed under this new regime once it becomes the law in July? The vagueness is a huge problem instilling fear and anxiety in teachers because, honestly, if a parent misinterprets something or if you have a homophobic parent, they have the right to sue. Teachers could lose their jobs, they could lose their livelihoods simply for mentioning something related to the LGBTQ community. Michael, you've been telling me about how this law affects teachers, but What about students? What impact could it have on them and how they relate to their teachers and to each other? In speaking with these students, the fear is that it's going to force a lot of kids to go back into the closet or to stay in the closet just because of the fear of putting themselves at risk or putting their teachers at risk or getting in trouble at school just for 
coming out or discussing their own gender identity or expressing themselves. So there are a lot of fears on those fronts. 17-year-old Andrew Triolo says even without the bill, not all schools are safe for people like him. He is transgender and has been bullied or harassed, he says, out of every public school he's attended. I think that if I would have had the language to express how I felt about my gender at a younger age, it would have saved me a lot of internal struggle and depression. Michael, what do we know about what it's like to be an LGBTQ young person in Florida now, like at the moment, before this bill is in place? Well, there were surveys by an organization called the Trevor Project. According to the Trevor Project, 52% of LGBTQ youth enrolled in middle or high school reported being bullied in the last year, and 42% reported seriously considering suicide. And that's been a very big concern within the LGBTQ community. And that was even before this legislation was passed. And the fear is that's going to just exacerbate those issues and undermine efforts to provide those mental health and support services for LGBTQ youth. That's really worrying. What about parents? I mean, you told me that the point of this bill supposedly was to empower parents, to give them a greater say in their kids' education. But what about LGBTQ parents? What could this bill mean for them? Basically, their existence in regards to their child's classroom will be frozen out. Their child won't be able to discuss or mention their parents' gender identity or discuss what it's like to grow up in a home with parents who are LGBTQ. Todd and Jeff Delmay say their 12-year-old son Blake's public school in Hollywood, Florida has been a welcoming place. If children are not feeling that they are accepted or who they are and the family they come from isn't accepted, it will have an impact on them. So this gives parents who hold discriminatory beliefs a lot more control over what's being taught in the classroom compared to LGBTQ parents. Clinton, you said it was your experience with Mrs. Smith that inspired you to become an art teacher, so you could create that same environment for young people today. How do you do that in your classrooms? How do you signal to kids that it's a safe place for them? So there are several things that I think I do and several other teachers. We have rainbow stickers that you can get online to put on your door and it says, this is a safe space. That sticker basically says to them that in this room, you will be protected. And if you need to talk about something, you can talk about it. But on a deeper level, if someone is saying something negative about another person, I stop it. It's not okay for students to be belittled in any way, especially for being LGBTQ. And I know you don't teach sex ed, but how comprehensively is it taught in Florida? And do topics like sexuality and gender come up in your classes? I believe that there is sex ed taught in the science classes. I think it's the basics. Here's human sexuality, pregnancy, sexually transmitted infections, and all of that. For me, when it comes up in conversation with students, if it's someone who goes by different pronouns or whatever, it's not a huge issue. It's just, okay, that's what I'll use in the future. And if I forget, please correct me, because I might forget. And if the word 
gay comes up or a gay topic, like as an art teacher, if I'm talking about Andy Warhol or Keith Haring in a lesson, it's important to understand that they were gay. That's part of the lesson. So that's about the extent that it comes up for me. But if it was clear they were struggling, there would be other things to do. We have mental health counselors at school. Maybe they need to sit down and have a deeper conversation than we can have in my art room with 25 other kids sitting there. Clinton, when the law actually passed, what did that feel like as someone who had been through a system that was so unsupportive of gay kids? It felt devastating, completely disappointed, maybe is the better word, that we have state legislators who, first of all, think or are at least spreading this lie that there are teachers teaching sexuality in kindergarten through third grade and even beyond, or that they are using the word grooming. Over the weekend, Governor DeSantis's press secretary tweeted this, the bill that liberals inaccurately call don't say gay would be more accurately described as anti-grooming bill. This is a word that refers to pedophilia. It, <laughs> It's unbelievable almost that in 2022, we have elected officials who are saying that teachers are dangerous people that need a law created to protect children. Teachers are the ones who are protecting children, not legislators. Clinton, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, has tried to put a more respectable face on all of this. He says he's doing it for the rights of parents. How does that stack up in reality? Have parents made any kind of indication to you or others that they're not happy with the way the system currently works? No, they have not. The opposite is the truth. I've been teaching for over 20 years. I have never had a parent (laughs) accuse me of teaching sexuality in my classroom. It's just never happened. And I've been really fortunate to have many students who've come back later, some students even that same school year who have said thank you. So it is a false premise to begin with, and it has no basis in truth with what is really happening in schools. Michael, you told us earlier that this bill was pushed through by Florida's governor, someone called Ron DeSantis. Tell me about him. What does he believe and where does he come from? Ron DeSantis has been the governor of Florida since 2019. He served a couple terms in Congress before that. In recent years, he's cozied up to the Trump-supporting part of the Republican Party base and has really tried to position himself as the successor to Trump. Everyone knows my husband, Ron DeSantis, is endorsed by President Trump, but he's also an amazing dad. Ron loves playing with the kids. Build the wall. He reads stories. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. He's been often touted as a likely candidate for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. And he's really been pushing bills that have reflected whatever conservatives have been angry about and whatever Fox News is covering at that moment. 
whether it's the Don't Say Gay legislation, the Stop Woke Act, which prohibits discussion of critical race theory in public schools. There's a new bill that's making its way through the Florida legislature, and it would ban public schools and private businesses in the state for making people feel discomfort or guilt based on race, sex, or national origin. And throughout the pandemic, he's pushed back on vaccination requirements, mask mandates, and things like that. And so what has the reaction been like in Florida to this bill? The reaction has been strong opposition from the LGBTQ community and Democrats. There have been walkouts at schools. Opposition to the bill grew louder in recent days, with students statewide protesting and staging school walkouts, many carrying pro-LGBTQ plus signs and chanting. The Florida Teachers Union has strongly opposed this legislation. The public have pressured companies to stop funding elected officials, such as DeSantis, who have been pushing this legislation, and one of those companies has been Disney. All is not well in the self-proclaimed happiest place on earth. Disney in Orlando, it's the largest single site employer in the United States and employs 75,000 people or more. And initially, Disney didn't take a stance. And there was a lot of criticism toward Disney for not doing so. This dispute comes after protests and a walkout by some Disney cast members when the company did little to oppose a bill before it was signed. Disney eventually caved to that public pressure and did. And in response, the conservatives have been attacking Disney, claiming that Disney has an LGBTQ agenda. Ron DeSantis has been pushing to revoke a tax exemption status for Disney. This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. Here in Florida, where the Disney World Park is located, Disney has its own municipality, so they don't pay the taxes for that area. They fund their own roads, their own public services, things like that. DeSantis is suggesting a repeal of Disney's special status established by a 1967 law. It created a unique self-governing district around the 43 square miles encompassing Disney World, an area twice the size of Manhattan. But the issue with that is if that district is revoked by Florida, the local counties will be on the hook for funding those services and they do not have the funds to do that. So at risk is basically bankrupting or near bankrupting those local counties. I mean, it's incredible on the one hand that Disney enjoys those kinds of privileges, but also that Ron DeSantis is willing to take such risks to take on the state's biggest employer in defence of this bill. Can I ask you, who is actually in favour of this bill? There have been polls and a majority of Republicans do support this legislation. Most Democrats do not. So it's falling along partisan lines and it's really developed into sort of a culture war. But some of the state legislators who have been sponsoring this legislation have said some really, really hateful things attacking the LGBTQ community. They've opposed same-sex marriage, LGBTQ 
couples from having the right to adopt children. A couple have even either been aligned or outright supported conversion therapy for LGBTQ community. And so a lot of these elected officials are using this bill as a vehicle to just rally support and push legislation in favor of that agenda. Coming up, Don't Say Gay is scheduled to become law in a few months. Can anything get in its way? Michael, now that this particular Don't Say Gay bill in Florida has been signed and will become law in July, is there anything that can be done to stop it? There is a lawsuit filed by Equality Florida and teachers and students and parents. The argument there is this bill is unconstitutional, so it's likely not going to be resolved before it goes into effect in July. And traditionally, one of the kind of backstops to people's ability to express themselves is the First Amendment. Is there any hope that the Supreme Court might step in here and strike down some of these laws? I think that's the hope. But given the makeup of the Supreme Court right now, that leans conservative and is already intent on repealing Roe v. Wade, among some Democrats and progressives, there's been talk of expanding the court or codifying these rights through Congress. I think the hope is that will lead to dismantling similar efforts in, I think there's around 20 states that have either introduced similar legislation or have already passed similar legislation. And how has the president, Joe Biden, responded to all this? Biden has spoken out against it, so has the vice president. But in terms of action, I haven't seen any yet. I think this is an issue that Democrats are having trouble in developing a message and focusing on that in response to these issues. You know, Michael, whether it's over abortion rights or trans rights or gay rights, it feels as though these decades of progressive wins are meeting a pretty determined conservative pushback and that a real and significant rollback of those rights may well be underway. As a reporter living in Gainesville, what do you think it says about the state of America today? It's rather bleak, and unfortunately, I think it's going to take similar organizing, similar fights from individuals, the public, to push back at this legislation to the same extent it took to get those wins in the first place. Clinton, when Don't Say Gay becomes the law in Florida in July, what do you fear could happen? What kinds of impacts do you think it could have on these kids that you teach and on you as a teacher? So a lot of that we don't know yet. We don't know any specifics about what the expected changes in behavior are because we weren't doing any of the accusations (laughs) that have been thrown out there. We aren't talking about sex in class. We aren't grooming students. So we don't know what to change because we weren't doing any of those things before. One of the fears is this phrase, age-appropriate. I don't know how that will be interpreted. I don't know if our district legal team will help to create policy that helps define that because every single person you talk to has a different idea of what age appropriate is. 
do you think for some teachers it might create this kind of dilemma between doing what they know a kid needs, what is right, and then what they believe is legally possible? Yes, I do think that could happen, and it's already happening. You know, some teachers might wear a rainbow pin. They might have something on their bag that they carry into school that is just a signal for any kid out there who's not brave enough to talk about anything, but they look at that teacher and they say, okay, that teacher, if I ever need to talk to someone, that's someone I could go chat with. And there are teachers who have told me that they have taken them off of their bags because they're afraid. So that's one less student who might see that little button. Clinton, I'm just wondering, one of the provisions of this law says that if there's a change in a child's well-being, that parents have to be alerted. And that's being interpreted as a requirement on schools to tell parents if a kid comes out as gay or trans or just that they're asking questions about their identity. In that situation, would you tell the parents? I will never expose a child to danger. I just won't do that. And there are some times where students feel safer to talk to someone at school than they do at home. I was that child. I didn't actually talk to Mrs. Smith about myself, but if I had Miss Smith and I grew up today, I probably would have. But I definitely did not feel safe at home to talk about this issue. And the safety of children is more important than any political opportunity that our governor has. Clinton, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be able to share how much we are ready to fight for students now. That was Clinton McCracken, an art teacher in the US state of Florida. Thank you so much to him and to Michael Sinato, a journalist who writes for The Guardian on this and other issues from Gainesville, Florida. That is it for today. This episode was produced by Courtney Youssef. Sound design by Solomon King. The executive producers are Elizabeth Casson and Phil Maynard. We're back tomorrow. This is The Guardian.